Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. I love to sing that a little bit. This is The Fizzle Show, our chance to help freelancers, creatives, and indie entrepreneurs by sharing the nuts and bolts of building a small business that works. Every Friday, we publish another conversation about the art and science of supporting yourself doing something that you care about. Your hosts are Barrett Brooks, Steph Crowder, Corbett Barr, and me, Chase Reeves. We run Fizzle.co, a website full of training courses to help you run a small business, and more importantly, where you'll find the community of entrepreneurs who won't let you quit. Try your first five weeks free on us when you go to fizzle.co slash try five. In this episode, uh, why are you pursuing a life as an entrepreneur? Is it for money? Freedom? Maybe working on a problem that's important to you? Whatever your reason, and by the way, we get into our own answers to these questions in, in this show. Is it taking you too long to get there? Is it showing signs of wear and tear on your relationships? How would you know if it's not working well? These are the questions we get into in today's episode in response to a question from Fizzle Show listener, Mark, which we'll read through in a second. This episode will help you get into why you're doing this work, what the purpose is. It'll help you remember that why, and that can be enough to completely open up the future for you and your project. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 123. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. Oh, one quick thing. We had a little mic malfunction in the beginning. My apologies for that. But we fix it about halfway through. Okay, enjoy. <laughs> Love it. God, we do have fun, you guys. Oh, man. And we're back! You guys, I, get, I have I have to apologize that we're on kind of a timeline today. I have a very important meeting after this. What's the meeting after this? My dad, Randy, is coming over. And Randy. we're going to smoke cigars and play pool. I saw that on the freaking calendar. That yeah, sounds really been, important. It, it is really important. I feel I haven't had any quality hang time with my dad. Oh, man, QHTWD, you got to have it. Yeah, good at that. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's that's what I'm up to, dude. That is that warms my heart because I saw on the I saw on I saw the cigars with Randy uh, cigars with Randy, and I was like, oh, I wonder who Randy is. And I was like, maybe Barrett's doing something with his World Global Shaker guys. <laughs> <laughs> nope, my dad. No, it's Randy. Yeah, I'll have a Jack and Coke and. Yep, that's how it's gonna go. Gosh, Corb, these cigars are delicious. Straight from straight from <laughs> Cuba, Cuba. Okay, so uh, team, what's on the what's on the agenda for today? What's on the docket? What's on your agenda for today, Chase? That's what I want to know. Well, I'm glad you talked about it. Number one, I, I just came from therapy. Uh, and okay, so, so anyways, what's of- on our agenda today is uh, we have a question. <laughs> we have a question that someone sent in. Uh, Listen, if you want to ask me what's on my agenda, I'll, that was I'll cool. tell you. Yeah, you were just setting him up. Cold-blooded. <laughs> Uh, Chase, you matter. You're an important human being. We love you. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so today on the show, we had a question submitted from um, Mark in the UK. And uh, Mark's got quite a situation. And it's a little bit like an episode we did previously called uh, Knowing When to Pivot, Persevere, or Push On, I think was what it was called, or Quit. Um 
And so here's what Mark had to say. And this is a little bit of a summary, Mark, so I'm sorry if I don't get this exactly as you submitted it, but I think I got the spirit of the question here. So he says, I find myself with the usual set of dependencies, a house, car, and the payments that come with them, a chunk of credit card debt and student loan, and a fiance and two kids under three to support. I know I need to do something to help our current situation and try to get some semblance of a life without having to worry about bills and money. I've been researching a business idea for a few months now. It's basically affiliate marketing at its core with many possibilities for growth that I've explored. The thought of blogging, doing videos, and podcasting, and maybe even writing a book is what I now daydream about. I spend every spare minute working, be that at my day job, shift working, or on my side project, and that's the problem. I hardly spend any quality time with my family, and that's what I'm supposed to be working for to begin with. I know if I pursue the former, aka building a business, the latter, aka spending time with my family, will come in time, but I don't know how long before I start to see results. My question is, how do you know when it's time to quit trying something? When is it time to just throw in the towel on an idea because it's affecting other aspects of my life? So his question is, you know, he's been thinking about this idea, researching this idea for a number of months. He's got a ton of work on his plate and he feels like he works nonstop in one form or fashion or another. And he's not spending much time with his family, which is is his whole goal to begin with. And so he wants to know, when should he stop even thinking about starting this business or pursuing starting this business because it's coming at the expense of the thing he actually wants? So I put together a little outline for us to structure our conversation on this because I, you know, you could just answer this in a couple minutes and then move on, but I think there's a lot more at stake here. And I think that there's probably a lot of truth in Mark's question for a lot of the listeners out there. So I want to start with um, this question of, and, and I think we ask everyone this, but we try not to meddle in it too much because it can be so hard to answer up front. But there's this question of why you, listener, are getting into being an entrepreneur, why you want to start a business to begin with. And so I want to start there. When someone's thinking about, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur someday, what are the reasons that we think are, are kind of valid reasons to do it to begin with? So for me, the top three that come to mind are financial reasons. You, like Mark said, he has a bunch of bills and doesn't know how to get out of debt and find financial freedom. So he's thinking that business might be the solution to that. Um, The second is just personal freedom in general and being able to kind of call your own shots, um, where and when you work and um, what sort of projects you take on. And eventually, hopefully being able to have more free time to spend with your family, like he mentions. And then the third to me, and this is as important now, I'm realizing, is um, to be able to work on something that you actually care about as opposed to just doing a job somewhere that you couldn't care less about. Yeah, I think what's interesting to me is, okay, so I resonate with all three of those. And the last on my list is always financial reasons, just by nature of of who I am or whatever. But like that is, I just kind of have this sense that like, I'm going to make money no matter what. And I, and, my, I, and, and I know that what I, and what I mean by that actually is I'm going to make enough money no matter what. And if I'm, uh, uh, as long as I, as long as I figure out the first two. So for me per, specifically, and this is not how my wife is wired, right? So it's a cause we have to have a lot of talks about this, but for me personally, if I head towards, okay, what's the personal freedom that I want to have to, that's your, you know, point two personal freedom that I want to have to number three, work on the important issues that I care a lot about or that I think are important. The movements, the the sort of things that feel like they're important work to be done in the world today. Then, then I, cause I know I can, I can figure out the money 
yeah. problem with, I, from anything. And I think some people get themselves into a bind, and mm-hmm. then all you can think about are these money problems. I have these bills, yeah. and I can barely pay them, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. it's a little bit different for some. But that would be a really interesting survey for us to do, to say, why did you get into entrepreneurship yeah. in the first place? Yeah, and I think in some ways it's really difficult, right? Because if you gave people these three options, um, for financial reasons, for personal freedom, or for the um, uh, you know to solve important problems, people would want to vote for two and three. I think they would want to be seen as the kind of person who is doing this for those kinds of reasons. When a lot of them might be, might be, I don't know, maybe not. Because to me, I look at entrepreneurial stuff and I'm like, you're not going to make a lot of money. Like I did not, I didn't, I did not get into this for money. I got into this obviously for the other reason. And when I'm thinking about like, you know, we could buy another investment property or invest into fizzle. It's like, well, like I'm investing in fizzle in, in my, in my time and stuff like that. And hopefully it turns into that asset. I mean, I'm not, but like more importantly, yeah, hopefully it turns into that asset, but I kind of don't feel like it's a foregone conclusion that it's going to be that Mm -hmm. in the same way that a a nice duplex as a rental would be fine. You know, you know, it's, there's, there's other ways to make, to make better money. And my friend Jay, who I was just up in Canada with, he thinks it's crazy that anybody would go into business doing uh, uh, with some focus on like personal fulfillment from me. He's like, no, just do your, do something to make money. So you go have fun with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so for him, it's like, yeah, he has a lot of important issues that he's working on. He's, he's like, I don't make money from those things. I, I channel money from the work I do right. to those things, which always seems that's backwards to me because if you don't have the heart into it, if you're just trying to make money on yeah. it, it never gets up. But at the same money. time, like it's what we're kind of like, we're working on the roadmap right now. Dear listener, we're working so hard on this roadmap. We were just almost done, like actually editing all of the materials for it. And, and what's so fascinating to me is, you know, from my mindset, it's very different because I'm always think, talking to people and hearing in their stories, this drive of like, who am I? What am I here for? And how can I help? Right. And, this roadmap is really a question of how can we get you to revenue? Mm-hmm. Whatever all that other stuff, yeah. how can we get you to revenue? I'm not going to Tony Robbins you. I'm not going to motivate you. I'm not going to try to find you know, the secret in your, in your blood, you know, of your DNA of your calling or vocation. But once you have a sense of that, well, I can help you try to navigate some of that. But really, this is about one foot after the other. This is how you make a business and get to revenue. Yeah. This isn't about how do you feel good about yourself. Yeah, but within that, we're sprinkling all kinds of like lessons learned about oh, what yeah. you should care about. Totally. Why you should learn by absolutely but really principally and we have to come we have a come to jesus moment coming on like is it really about that but i think that's what i hear in this question a lot you you know what i mean it's a fun microcosm in this question that that are you is this is this thing because the truth is for me building a business has always been really fun it's been like building a puzzle it's like there's all these pieces, there's all these potentials, there's all this stuff, and, and, and there's just this great way that my brain, I like to be in that mode. I really do like to be in that mode. But at the same time, it can be, um, it, there's this money thing that this has to do if you're treating it like a business. Yeah. Right. And I think that that brings, that, that makes it like, uh, we were talking to Derek Sivers a while ago and he was like, that's what I like about money is it's this neutral. It's like equalizer. Yeah, it's yeah. this neutral value uh, metric. Stefan Barrett, why, why did you guys first start thinking about entrepreneurship? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use, uh, I'm not going to tell myself, but I'm going to use our 25 up and coming uh, project that we recently did. So we, we highlighted 25 up and coming independent entrepreneurs to watch in 2015 recently on this kind of separate mini site with or page, at least on our site. 
And uh, the fir- I just read the first three because one of the questions we asked was, what was your motivation for building a business? And so I'm going to summarize the first three. So the first one is Dustin Stout of Warfare Plugins. And he says, my motivation was the freedom to create things that I care about and the ability to dictate my own schedule, my own rules, and my own measures of success is what drove me to be an entrepreneur. Then Michael Ophi of The Minimalist, Minimalist Vegan says, my partner, my partner Masha and I have always been interested in self-employment. Initially, we wanted liberty and control over how we make a living. But as we worked with more clients, we realized that we wanted to pursue something more meaningful. We wanted to build something that was much bigger than ourselves that we could pursue for decades to come. And then Abby Lawson of Just a Girl in Her Blog says, running our own business allows us to live a life on our own terms and not on someone else's agenda. I just thought those were interesting. You know, they were demonstrations of your point, Corbett, about those kind of three reasons you might pursue something. But the one thing none of them mentioned was to make a bunch of money. You know, maybe that's inherent in the freedom part because you need money sometimes to be free from the shackles of a job or whatever. But I just thought those are those were fascinating kind of case studies on that. Yeah. I mean, I think you can't you can't deny that you need money to live, right? No matter what you do, you work for a living at some point. But I do think that this idea, this true desire to serve and having it not be entirely from a self-serving place is really important for a number of reasons. But one of those reasons is, especially if we go back to Mark's situation here, he has a ton of different commitments. And at a certain point, if you're not super committed to the cause, there's likely a better way to you know, seek additional cash flow that doesn't involve all the stress and trials and tribulations of being an entrepreneur. You know, there's different right. things, probably more flexible careers out there. There's, you know, of course, in today's modern world, more opportunities to work remotely. So I think if you're not truly tethered to that desire to serve something that you really care about, that that's when you might come unhinged from what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, I love that. And you're taking us in a great direction, Steph, because, you know, the, the second question I had on this was, if more time with family is Mark's goal, if, if so that's basically that personal freedom category that, that Corbett mentioned, is starting a business the best, fastest, easiest way to do that? You know, is that the best thing for him to pursue if the goal is truly more independence and freedom to spend time with his family? What do y'all think about that? Well, yeah, I think that's that's a first literally the first thing I was thinking about, Barrett, and this is like, okay, Mark Mark, so I'm hearing a lot of things in here. Um and one uh, yeah the the question is is what do you want more right now and what's more it's really like if you had to choose between your family and your business i don't know maybe that's 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 a false dichotomy you don't have it's not it's not that simple no but but if he's literally talking about how much time do i get to spend with my family and right now let's say he works a full-time job he has to commute um and he has maybe some other responsibilities so he has like you know a few hours every yeah. night to spend with his family his alternative, he's thinking is, okay, I'll start a business and I'll give up a couple of those hours. So I'm spending like barely any time with my family right now. But the payoff is down the road, you know, X number of years, two, three, five years from now, something. Um, then maybe suddenly he's able to work just 20 or 30 hours a week. And yeah. he has a ton of time to spend with his family. Um, and I think that's maybe the direction he's thinking. So the question is like, is that sacrifice for how many however many years worth it to get the payoff in the future and i think the same is true of the financial picture and the freedom picture this is all a bet that you're going to put in this painful time now which ends up not being so painful to me because it's pretty damn fun to build a business in my book yeah but it is painful not being able to hang out with your friends every time you want to and it's painful the money the money if money isn't coming in it's it's super painful right 
And so is that pain worth it in the end? And, and for a lot of people, the answer is no, it's, it's not like, yeah. I, I would rather just do what I can to live a comfortable life all along the way, instead of putting everything on the line and risking, you know, maybe there is a risk that you could piss your family off so much that you lose them in yeah. some way, you yeah. know, and you have to be aware of that because it takes so much effort to fight for, to become, for, to fight, to be an entrepreneur. It takes so much energy to like, to try to convince a spouse that this is the right thing. Right. If they're not like, uh, uh, they don't have a lot of experience with this world, you know, it takes so much effort to fight for your idea when you're like, just burn out. And you like, keep calling cold. Like I was doing this when I was a web designer, trying to find clients, cold calling people. And could, like I was literally yellow book, cold calling people. And because I, there's better strategies that like you could go on Craigslist about that chase. I had nobody to guide me through this. I was just, you know, pure hustle factor, which meant like I was like a rhino. Rhinos can run apparently like 40 or 50 miles an hour and they can only see like four feet in front of them. Yeah. Literally a group, a group of rhinos is called a crash of rhinos. Cause that's what's about to happen. <laughs> it's amazing. So I was like, you know, <laughs> we have a friend, Matt Giovanisi, like, you know, who likes to talk schnitz on the word hustle because in some ways it can be just like that just run super fast i don't know pick a direction just go for it (laughs) you know what i mean it's like no there's a smart way to work and even though when even when you're working smart there is no cookie cutter way to get to revenue to get to money and money is where all of those issues come out with a with a family do you know what I mean? When things are tight like that, yeah. that's why there's no guarantee with an entrepreneurial thing. But when you, I have the sense that like, for me, I just always had stuff in me. I had to put out even though at, like, and I'll always end up with my foot in my mouth, but I just have stuff in me that I have to, to get out and put it in the world. And it puts my family into tight spots. Uh, when, when we're dependent on that revenue, it, it has in the past. Right. And so because of that, like I have a choice, like, am I, Am I like this? Is this important to me to be like this? Is this a vocation? Is this a calling, so to speak? Or or is this, you know, <laughs> behavior that I need to try to get away from? Is well, this but, me running from the responsibilities of the real world? It's a, it's fun. It's, it's a trend the, to go like, I'm unemployable. Yeah. But that also can mean like, no, you're a piece of crap. And so the question for me, uh, I'm, I'm kind of wavering between, like I've in my history at least, I've wavered between that. Yeah. You know, am I a piece of crap or am I special? But the point is that is in the past. And now you have this luxury of um, the next project that you do. You probably won't have that long period of pain. And you'll be in a better financial position anyway. So then it'll be fun. You won't have that. I feel because I'm not making money because you need to or because you will. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's what's so beautiful about this. But but I, I think what, what I'm feeling, and maybe you guys feel the same, is I'm looking fast at, back at the, basically the 10 years since yeah. I first started my first company and just going like, I wouldn't trade this for the world. Boy, I really wish I could have done it quicker. But there's just stuff in your blood, in my yeah. blood now that I know, that I know, that okay. no, but that I, I know about how to build a business. Yeah. And, and most of that is about what to expect. What I hear in Mark's question is what to expect. Yeah. You should expect that in three years, he could probably make some money if he works his ass off now for the, for the next three years. Like, like if you expect that it takes at least three years to make money now, is it, is it still worth it to do it? But there's a difference between your expectations and your family. Families. Yeah. And, you know, your, your family's not going to see any results through that whole period. No. All they're living on is your faith saying, yeah. I'm working hard and I'm making progress. But you can't see that progress for yeah. a long time because you don't see that there's more time. You don't see that there's more money. You don't see that there's more freedom. So, right. Steph, I'm curious for you with, with John, when, I guess, I mean, did, did he, does he have any worries about you working at the, a little upstart, you know, uh, sort of gritty chutzpah 
based startup that's all like you know fruit fruit blogging about your passions and things like that like we are we just gosh. pay people in passion <laughs> yeah gosh i guess i have to be careful about my answer um, <laughs> i don't know i mean i know uh, the answer to that is no just because you know before i don't know i've always been a free spirit in terms of how hard i work i always knew i was gonna you know march to the beat of my own drum and i think he's been prepared for that for probably as long as we've known each other but i will share one thing that I resonated with from Mark's question that I think was really, really powerful for myself and my relationship with my husband once I realized it. So one of the things Mark said was, and I quote, I spend every spare minute working. That sort of jumped out to me and it was a red flag because to me, that's a problem, right? If you're spending every spare minute that you have, you're really just burning the candle at both ends. And it goes back to what Chase was saying about this, you know, hustle thing being a little bit of a, I don't know, just not the best advice that's out there. So if you think about something like, you know, good old Parkinson's law, which says that, you know, it theorizes that time will expand to fit the work you allot to it. It's the same reason why if you start on a paper in college a week beforehand or the night before, you're going to get it done either way. I think the same thing can happen as an entrepreneur. I found what was really helpful for me and is still helpful to this day working with Fizzle from my house is choosing you know, boundaries and choosing a time during the week or during the day, whatever it is that you feel is appropriate to dedicate and set expectations with your family and make sure you're communicating about that. And, you know, then they know that when you close the door during that time to your office, then that's the time that you work on your business versus trying to, you know, fit it in where in any spare minute that you possibly can. I think that you do set yourself up for frustration with your family with that yeah. model. Yeah. It's, if you can, if you can get everybody to come to an agreement that, you know, okay, between five and 7 p.m., I'm going to have this door closed and I'm going to be working on this business. Yeah. And then after that, I'm all yours. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, everybody can agree. Okay. You know, that's good. We can, we can do that for a year and yeah. let's, let's reevaluate after that. Well, yeah. But if you're just sitting there like, leave me alone, I'm working like all yeah. the time. That's how like, I was. Pretty, I, I'm pretty terrible. I'm a pretty well, terrible the thing person. Is, you get a lot more done that way too. You know, if you yeah. can sit down and block that time out versus trying to fire off an email on the commercial break of whatever show you're watching with your family, it's just not as productive. All right. So this brings me to my next point here. And I also thought that was interesting stuff that he said that he's working so much. And I think that's this problem that so many entrepreneurs get into and that I know I've faced in the past and sometimes still do is that sitting in the chair makes me feel like I'm doing something. Right. And so, you know, there's this idea of of entrepreneurship or whatever, right? And it's a terribly lame term, but I think it represents something really important, which is that I think it can be very very easy to get confused between the work that leads to progress and just sitting in the seat to make us feel like we're doing something. And so one thing I want to talk about here is the idea of learning as progress on your business. And mm. and then beyond that, you know, the ideas of just in time learning versus just in case learning and what those two things can do to our productivity on our business. Man, that's a good one because there's this, we, we often talk about how when someone asks how long it's going to take to build a successful business, the biggest X factor involved in that is what you bring to the table already in yeah. terms of skills yeah. and expertise. And a lot of people are in some dead end job that they don't like and they decide that they want to start a business, but they don't have skills that carry over. Mm. They have determination, but they don't have some sort of expertise that they can turn into yeah. a product or something. And so... We don't talk about that long period in the woods of gaining expertise all that much, but it's really important. Yeah. But at the same time, if we told someone, okay, you want to start a business? Well, 
why don't you go become an expert and come back in three years? Mm -hmm. People just don't want that answer. They yeah. would rather sort of learn as they go and gain that expertise and fake it till they make it or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but that means that probably there's going to be this long period of just having to learn um, or as Barrett was saying, this just in time learning or, or whatever you want to call it, where you're kind of like trying to do and learn at the same time, a lot of that effort is going to have to be scrapped. And so then you're going to feel like there's this constant failure happening, mm -hmm. right? Because you're learning and doing and learning and doing, but you realize what you learned wasn't enough to really fulfill the objective you had. And so then you kind of have to start over. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe that's what I did for the past six months. That's not going to work. But now I have this really good idea. And now I need to start over. Yeah. But that's the time when you have to go to your family and say, hey, I was a little wrong about my estimate and I'm going to need some more time. And that's that's hard. Mm -hmm. I remember I remember starting over a number of times and each time it got harder to get up like the whatever the, yeah. the muster to, yeah. to try again. Yeah, I believe it. I don't know. Where, where else did you want to go with that? Well, Barrett? see, so I, I think... The challenge here is that it's the the more natural thing to do when you don't know what to do is to put the butt in the chair and just read as much as you can, research, quote unquote, as much as you can, watch as many fizzle courses as you can. And what I would love to see people do is shift from this idea of, oh, I have to gorge on every bit of information I can find on building a business because that way I'll be prepared at some future time, which seems like if I read between the lines of Mark's kind of question that he wrote in with and situation and context, it seems like that's probably where he's spending the majority of his time is learning, 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 just in case mm -hmm. I need this stuff in the future. What I would love to see people do is shift to a mindset of here are the things that need to happen in order for me to be making progress on this business idea, which is what the Fizzle Roadmap does for people, basically. That's why we've designed this is so that you know the steps that indicate progress and then only learn when you don't know what it takes to reach the next step. <clears throat> and so what that does is it shifts your mindset from, I got to read every blog on the internet and make sure that my inbox is full every day and make sure that my podcast feed is full and all this crap to, I have a goal that I need to launch a one page website in order to start promoting the idea of my business to potential customers and getting their feedback. I need to learn how to build a one page website this week. And so now what you have for expectations with both you and your family are, I'm going to spend the amount of time it takes to build a one-page website. And when that's done, I'm not going to work anymore this week, if that's the objective. Because now instead of saying, I put in X number of hours, you say, I reached the next goal in my business. And that to me is a much healthier relationship to the work because now it's about progress, not about how much did I quote unquote commit to this idea this week. Hmm. I like it. I think that I think that's a pretty interesting. I never. I don't think I've ever. I mean, I've heard the term "just in time learning" all the time, but normally it's a it's it, as a piece of crap copy in the turnkey enterprise business solution <laughs> featuring just in time learning, you know, right. something. But that idea of like, if you know what you're supposed to do right now in your business, you should not be reading blogs, right, or listening to podcasts. Yeah, is pretty fascinating. I mean, for me. What it, where it doesn't fit is most of what I like every day I'm listening to podcasts and reading reading blog posts a little bit at a time. And those are these kind of like little moments of like of like refill. Mm -hmm. I think in some ways they, yeah. they they're not an active kind of learning the yeah. way that reading a book is a little more active in some ways but but they're 
they're this nice sort of like open mind, just like it, just like letting the stream. And that's kind of part flow of just it. what makes life interesting and what yeah. makes you an interesting person to have conversations with. Yeah, yeah. Absorbing that stuff. So, but there's two things that you're trying to learn, right? Just in time learning, you're trying to learn how to build a business, but you're also trying to learn some tangible skill that you can offer. Right. So, you know, just like they say, the best thing you can do for your marketing is yeah. to have a great product. Mm-hmm. Well, the best thing you can do to create a great product is to have some really useful skill or expertise. Yeah. And, you know, you can do all you want to learn how to build a business, but if that expertise is really lacking, mm. um, you're going to have a hard time creating a compelling product. So that brings yeah. up an interesting question, which is, um, and, and I think I know where this will go, but should people be going to build expertise before they're coming to somewhere like Fizzle or before they're trying to build an actual business? So let's say you have a full-time job, you want to build a business, and let's say you want to build websites for local coffee shops or something like that, because there's a hundred of them in your town and you think that you could be the expert on it. Well, to do that, you'd have to be able to build websites. And let's say you aren't able to do that yet. So in my opinion, the best way you could spend a reasonable amount of time right now is go join Treehouse or something like it and learn the amount of code you need to know to build a basic website. And that's before you ever really get into the business part. Because if you're trying to learn to code as you're also selling projects and trying to build this whole entity, I think that's going to be a pretty hard proposition. What do y'all think about that? Well, one way to look at it is, so there, there are two choices here, I guess. One is you could just learn in isolation and then later apply that to a business. The other way is you could learn and apply it to a business at the same time. Worst case scenario is, in, in the second, um, is that you learn and apply it to a business and the business fails. But I would imagine that you're going to learn more if you're trying to apply it to a business yeah. than if you're just learning in isolation for no, for no other reason. Yeah, well, it depends. It, there there are, in some ways with coding and, and like through HTML, CSS, JavaScript, PHP and all that stuff, there's, there's the first, I almost think of it as like the first tier of learning where it is just understanding the the idea of how the this theory, works. basically. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like, oh, I got it. So now right. every H1 tag across my site has those styles. And so if I change it right here, it changes every page. I don't have to go into any pages. Oh my gosh, I got it. Yeah. You know, like those basics of how this works. And then there's like the specifics of, okay, how do I make it look the way I want to? And that's constantly growing and changing. And as you experience more websites, you're like, oh, how did they do that? Right. Um, so, so maybe you can have that first tier of learning anywhere by just spending the time doing it. Um, but I think there is no substitute for that really specific application of that learning that goes straight into uh, this particular project. Now, the problem with that that we see in probably, you know, eight entrepreneurs out of ten and new business ideas that we hear uh, is is that is there's not a clearly defined specific concrete value proposition that you're heading towards meaning you don't have a specific topic you don't have a specific audience within that topic and you don't have a specific problem within that audience yeah. and topic that you're nailing specifically my wife was just talking about this in the car on the way down here she's th- she would like to do more writing and we were we were trying to figure out and she's she's just amazing. Anybody who's thinking about having a baby needs to hear from her about what labor is like because her her thoughts on it are are really the re- she's more informed than anybody else I've met in person in terms of the amount of research that she's done. But you can't. I'm like you can't just come out talking about like don't just come out talking about labor. Come out talking about 
let us get dirty, sits baths, or come out talking about this one study uh, that they did on in in the Netherlands that we had to use with our doctor for X, Y, and Z. Right. Come out and be really specific on that thing and help every layperson or every per, every thirty year old you know white woman understand what it means to understand to to know what the this stuff means. So, or but that's where your wife has learned in isolation yeah. about. Important exactly. topics that yeah. have value to her and probably to other people. And now she needs to learn the other piece, which is how do I package this up and make it palatable? So and totally. Yeah. So for me, it's almost like there's this thing. By the way, when I said white woman there, I was talking about like the example of the 30 year old hipster girl as a, ta- as a, as a, it's fine. Uh, you're racist. We don't no, care. She's, no, please. <laughs> oh God. I didn't it was even an example of a target market. <laughs> okay. But anyways, oh, um, God. what's interesting about this is, there is some period that that I'm going to call apprenticeship, and that doesn't mean you have to be apprenticing under someone, but it's like a self-imposed apprenticeship of learning the skill that you're going to apply to your business to provide value to others. And so for your wife, Chase, for example, she's had experiences that have taught her a lot about birthing children. Whereas with someone else, let's say you you went through the initial stages of kind of planning that phase one of the roadmap of kind of, here's my topic, here's my audience or target market, here's kind of the archetype I want to pursue. Now you, let's say you want to be a coach, a business coach for, you know, executives, young executives under 35. And, but you've never coached before. Well, there's an element of building that business that says you need to go learn how to coach before you can viably go out and sell people on this service. And Mm. so it's almost like this little detour of, you got to build the skill that's going to allow you to make the money from the thing. And, yeah. you know, there's this alternative that Corbett's talked about before, which is kind of leading learner. So let's say you're learning the concepts as you go and your audience also wants to learn those concepts. So if you wanted to be a coach of coaches, for example, you might be able to go ahead and start blogging about that or podcasting about the journey of learning to be right. a coach, which is another alternative. But it, you still go through that period of apprenticeship if you haven't already built the skills in order to be successful. Yeah, I think that last point you just made is really important, Barrett, because we get this question all the time from our members in Fizzle. People will say, you know, I want to be the authority on, just to take your example, being a business coach, but I don't really have my own business. So how can I coach other businesses? And I, I don't think people often consider this option of share your influences as you're learning. Talk about who you're learning from and what you're learning and be vulnerable enough to share your successes as well as your failures. People often want to position themselves as further along than they are. And and it just comes across as inauthentic. Whereas if you're really honest about it, I think it could make for really compelling content for people who are trying to walk a similar path. So I think that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys, I think you guys are right. And as I'm, I'm coming back to Mark's question here and, and I'm, I'm just like, I heard there's this one sentence, the thought of blogging, comma, doing videos and podcasting, and maybe even writing a book is what I now daydream of, you know, and I'm, I'm hearing that. And just there's just so many red flags going off because because um, for for a few reasons. Number one, well, like let me just call out a couple little things, and then you you keep going. It's like thought yeah, of, daydreaming of, thinking about these things. That that those are the red flags that go off for me as you read that. Yeah, so keep going. But, and so first and foremost, I resonate with it because I remember when I was just like I would just spend days on the internet just learning about productivity. That's what I did. I just <laughs> for years you're productive. Just sat in there, no particular direction. Got a paycheck and learned about being productive whilst doing the <laughs> bare minimum on my work. Like just uh, couldn't give two farts for the work that I was doing. 
Um, because I knew, I, I knew there was something in there. So there was, there, there was some fundamental, anyways, I was, I was loving that. And I was fantasizing about at the time and daydreaming about the same thing. It's like, I know I have a voice. I know I could be funny. I know I could be intelligent. I know I could be helpful about this topic or about any given topic. Right. Um, that kind of catches my fancy. So it's not even just the problem for me is not that he's daydreaming and thinking and all that other stuff. Um, there, there is a problem that he's daydreaming and thinking about doing all this stuff. And he's having the kind of stress that he's having it, it, right now about like, is my idea going to work or not? When it's just early days. I mean, you know, this is just so, so, so early. Um, and you have to kind of, in my experience, you have to, you have to blog and make videos and podcasts and maybe write books for like three years before you even know what you're blogging or podcasting about. You know what I mean? At least a year of sure. of interacting with people, of feedback before you really kind of you kind of fall into what ha- you settle. It's like sand, sort of between rocks. It sort of settles down to the bottom over time, and that's when you create this sort of song, strong foundation yep. of what you. And that where is where the power of your business is is in that foundation, to me at least. But um, <laughs> I guess in some ways. One of the things that I hear lacking is, and obviously this isn't because he doesn't have it, probably, but because it's just not ta- it, it it it's so cl- common that it's not like I daydream of helping people with this specific issue, and and I want to do that through these blogs or through right. whatever. Listen, everybody wants to be on the fucking stage being a rock star. Everybody does. Everybody wants to do that. Like everybody wants to be like, like, yeah. like that celebrated and loved and they want to be see, like celebrated for who we are yeah. and I'm expressive and I'm doing my thing and look at me, I'm Mick Jagger and I can dance and aren't you know, I'm a crazy little pony, right. you know, but, and, and, and the people accept me for it, you know, <laughs> not only they accept me, they laud me for it. Um, but, 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 but there's something behind Mick Jagger, which is yeah. he was, a, he was literally good at music. And even beyond that, he went so far much harder at it than you ever could right do you know what i mean right. he sold out for it he was right. this is it i'd bring on the drugs bring on the women bring on the background singers, but regardless of it. that regardless of that he had some expertise which was music yeah he, but you know Katy perry's a celebrity but she plays music arg- yeah. arguably but, the, but, but you said earlier he like uh you said they, they have a lot of conviction but not not much of the expertise or right. I, I can't remember so yeah there's no there there and all all, all everyone i mean i think he start i mean arguably he's not that great of a singer look at neil young he's not that great of a singer but but he but he started and then he didn't stop and 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 that's what built the expertise right yeah, that's, that's right. what that's yeah. what br- that's what brought it so so in some ways if you're there's two paths okay i look at the people who got into podcasting and blogging because they just like the idea of becoming a podcaster and a blogger and if they started five years ago they're probably somebody now that that arguably is where uh, where handfuls of people who are successful started. But, but you still have to pick a topic. But when I look at yeah, you you got to pick a topic, and even if you don't, even if you're not an expert in it, right? You just start, kind of start going, and in five years, like it's fine. Nobody remembers the day of, of humble beginnings. But I think of like for example, Pat Flynn. He's a great counter example to that, though, because he didn't start by blogging and podcasting about blogging and podcasting. He started with this simple how to pass this exam thing, mm-hmm. and through that kind of learned the web thing, and and through that kind of was like oh. Well, here's how I did the web thing, and then that turned into yeah. this side business that ended up being his main business later right. on. Right? Um, that's a great example of like, well, I had a of a time trying to figure out this exam, and so I put together this little cheat sheet for it and, and to help people with that, and I could earn money because I could sell that thing. Right. And now all of it, and, and so what we have there is very different from I wanted to be an online mediapreneur type, and and w- much closer to. I saw this specific issue that these people had, 
and I and I made that. And thing. maybe we're not giving Mark enough credit. I mean, he doesn't say any specific topic in here. No, he does say. I've been researching a business idea for a few months. It's affiliate marketing at its core with many possibilities for growth. Um, but it could be about a specific topic. Maybe it's about like the best credit card or something. Yeah. And maybe he knows something about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, and that's, that's where it's like, cool. I mean, you can make a business literally out of anything, you guys. You really can. You're going to be successful. We're all going to heaven. But like... <laughs> you can make a business out of playing video games. And who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thunk? But, um, and, and I really mean that. You, you literally can. The guy, uh, one of the, my favorite quotes from the guy who does hardcore history, he was like, if you if you really care about something, you just start doing it. Like and and it won't like people will find you. Yeah, and people have come to us with some idea about they know something about World War Two, blah blah blah, and we're like, eh, that's pretty hard to turn into a business. But yeah. here you go. Yeah, Dan Carlin has done it. Hardcore that history. Man, that man is remarkable, though, in his dedication to history. Yeah. He reads yeah. more than. Most historians, probably yeah, like that, official that, that, trained historians, but that's and then that's the cost of that's product. the cost of entry is yeah. being remarkable. Yeah, that's that's a duh. Like nobody gets to do this, and uh, actually, no, that's not true. Uh, there's a million people who are doing it mediocre and and well, making they don't make a living. Make, no, even just the people who are making just not enough. In, not in history. Not I mean, in, I guess oh, they're high not school in teachers. History. Not yeah. in, I'm just talking about like out there, like run of the mill. Your your standard thing that you buy from Walmart is a pos piece yeah. of crap, lowest common denominator thing. The stand your standard podcast out there, lowest common denominator sure. thing. Standard sure. blog, lowest common, and a lot of those are earning enough to do to to like make a little bit of a living, but or they're trying to or something. But let's bring it back to this. So if we're talking about the goal of a business being to spend more time with your family, if that is the ultimate goal, and we answer that. That a business is the best way to do that long term, yeah. then I think you have to do more than lowest common denominator if you really want it to have a real chance of working out. Yeah, otherwise think, you're just building oh, a job for yourself. No doubt, no, yeah. no doubt. I, I mean, I think, think it's a DNA can, question. Like, like, uh, like Gary Vaynerchuk says. I mean, there's just like there's. I think there's a lot of DNA involved, and you can commit to doing the work and the quality of that work. I don't know if you can really commit to because a lot of pe- like people just have that spark, and some don't. Maybe. You know what I mean? And in some businesses, that's really important. And maybe in others, it's it's not as important. Maybe in, in pattern making, it's not as important as, as just showing up every day and doing it. Could be. There's two things here, though. I think that people who build businesses that really change people, Dan Carlin's of the world, who are able to build a successful business around a history podcast, have this compulsion to learn more, to do better of whatever their thing is. Yeah. And I think when you have that, when you find a thing that you have a compulsion to get better at, it is much significantly easier to provide value to people doing that thing than if you don't have a compulsion to do it. And yeah. where I think that that gets mixed up, and I just had this conversation with friends last night. It was so great. We were talking about entrepreneurs in Atlanta and kind of CEOs that get a lot of the spotlight and get you know press coverage and all of this and the attitudes that they take and the example that they set. And they're kind hey of guys, the I'm just joining stars. the call. This is Bob from uh, from Atlanta. Uh, anybody so, else on the call? So these are they're <laughs> like the rock stars of it of the Atlanta entrepreneur scene, and they get the short term term glory, and and people kind of look at them as the spokespeople for building businesses here, which is sad to me. Number one, because they like that spotlight. They're in it to get the spotlight. They like growing a company because it gives them attention. But then there's this other breed of people who are very quiet. 
They're doing their own thing. They're not on the front page of the local business journal, but they have very successful businesses and they enjoy it just as much because of the work, because they're interested in doing the work, which has led them to have a successful business. That's just as interesting as those people on the cover. And I would argue that if you're the average entrepreneur, you're going to have more success, not chasing the spotlight, the rock star status, but Mm. chasing the compulsion to do better work and provide more value to people. And yeah, so, no, I I love that. I feel that I, I I think when I think I think we this is what's so great about doing the business stuff, like the small time business stuff, is we can afford to be extremely idealistic, right? And in fa- in some reason, in some ways, it might be your differentiator. Right. It might be the thing that saves your business is to be sort of like naive and idealistic and going like it's not all about the profit. I'll find the profit. It'll be plenty profitable. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not about like more and more and more. It's about enough, and 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 I can make enough. You know, but but what do I want to make enough doing? Yeah, I want to. I want that to matter. And maybe what is enough? I I don't think we have enough of a conversation about what is enough for your efforts. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, Chris Gilbo did this wonderful thing in the Art of Nonconformity, his original book, where he challenged people to sit down and write down the the elements of the lifestyle they imagine themselves having by doing their own thing. So maybe it's traveling, maybe it's driving a Ferrari, maybe it's having three houses all over the place, or maybe it's providing enough money for your family to live a good life together, to send your kids to college, to have enough money set aside for retirement so that you can enjoy some of your twilight years. Maybe that's what enough is for you. But I think if you don't start with a picture of enough, then the answer is always going to be more. It's always Mm. just more at that point because you don't know what enough even is or what that means to you. And so I think part of this is define enough when you're setting out. But even if you define enough as I just need to earn 50 grand and be able to spend evenings with my kids, that doesn't make that any easier to get over that initial hurdle necessarily. No, not at all. I I don't think it helps you starting out. But but it is it is uh, it's constantly in that balance. You know what I mean? That's what's so funny is we're trying to make this roadmap. We're trying to put like steps in front of other steps, and and it's so steps. it's so de- yeah. Well, Steph goes in front of all the steps. <laughs> I am involved. And never put baby in a corner. But you, you you there's like there's no way to to like they all have to be done at the same time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like but you need to know about all of them and you have to learn them individually. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you, we start to think about a new business idea, we can go up really quick and go, "Okay, no." Or, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> right. Because it's like we, we we just learned everything about that business in in a split second because it all we we applied everything we all the expertise we have in building businesses to this problem in at the same time. And we batted it around and we're like, "Okay, that's why it wouldn't work." <laughs> right. All right. You know? So um I want to I right. kind of drive this conversation forward a little bit and get back to okay, Mark's we got, question we got, about- we got, we got like four minutes I left. Know. So let's get back to like progress and metrics and some of the things that indicate. So like you have a business idea. Building a business is the best way to achieve your motivation behind whatever you're going for. So in Mark's case, spending yep. more time with family. He knows what enough is. He's committed. He's got a compulsion to provide value to people. So let's say he gets going now and he starts focusing on the right things, the just-in-time learning, not the just-in-case learning. How does he know he's making progress? What are some of the indicators, some of the points along the way that say you're on the right path, keep going? Uh, so like, what are some of the milestones of success? Well, it kind of depends on what he's planning to build, but let's say he said affiliate marketing. Okay. So in order to make affiliate marketing work, he has to have a large and dedicated audience gathered around a particular topic. So to me, the initial milestones are, um, 
building a website, um, figuring out how to create content that's compelling enough to attract an audience, uh, growing a following on social media, growing an email list, hitting some uh, just page view milestones, you know, a hundred in a day, a thousand in a day, and so on. Um, and then uh, finding some affiliate products that people are going to click on and eventually, um, you know, making sales and seeing that, ah, okay, if I can make a dollar per thousand page views, then I just need to try to make a little bit more per thousand page views and get more page views. So you can kind of see what the business model is and yeah. how you just need to scale it up in order to make it work. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that because that's actually always the, le- the like the thing that I do not do, and it always that when you guys do that, I'm just like, oh god, that makes so much sense. <laughs> Look at that, it's like You're like if one times two is two, then I just need to make a thousand times two, and and then I have twenty. Yeah, and then you have twenty <laughs> or something. I don't know. But the noise oh is always like, god. so what's what's going on in Fizz? I was like, I don't know. Guess Corbett. <laughs> 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 All right, so on the flip side of this, so don't listen to me, but I, I would say, I would say, like to me, it's like the, 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 the man. What I just dream about finding in entrepreneurs is they just they're willing, they, they care about some issue enough to throw their body on the gears and levers of that machine. Mm. They're like, whatever it takes, I just want to put a dent in this. And sometimes it's humanitarian effort. Sometimes it's more, uh, it's, sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes it's non-profity stuff and sometimes it isn't, right? I think those kinds of things tend to have that non-profity sort of thing. But one that, I, that matters a ton to me is like musicians getting paid for, for their art. You know, like what does the new, new world of musician, you know, and fan interaction look like? That's an amazing problem to spend your whole life solving and helping, Right. And being useful and beating in, your head against the wall and beating your head against the wall. It'd be great to do that. But I mean, but where you just like where, you know, it's valuable enough to where it's like, whatever it takes, I'm going to do that. I yeah, love but I think I, love I think you can also pick topics where there is like zero money and it can be really fucking frustrating your whole life. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, it's, but like there are questions. There are the good thing about like to me, I thought about that, that question through the lens of if what companies would I actually like to work for? Like, what are the companies that, that I actually like to work for, that I would be like, I would be open to working for? And that brought me to that question of like, what are the problems that I think are worth solving yep. in the world? Totally. And I think that that's a, that when you're, you know, when we're talking about, I want, I dream of blogging, I dream of podcasting, think of this, when you can tie that, those are, those are, those are tactile tendrils. They're marketing like, wow. channels. Yeah. And, and they're fun things to make. I mean, making content to me is more what I do than anything else for a living. And I love that. Yeah. It's really fun. It's performing. Right. But uh, at the same time, uh, it's so much better when it serves a sort of important mission. And yeah. so for us, it's like, it's a nightmare to go through what Mark's going through. Mm-hmm. We create everything we create to help Mark make progress on his business idea. So either realize that what he's working on right now is not going to be working for him, right? Quicker. Or how to change it to make it so it actually will work. Yep. This That this can actually actually make money and do it this way for a while. And then after a while, you have you can do it a, a different way, right? When you're making money. Yep. I don't know. So that's where I would, so, that's where I would So like. let's leave this with because uh, this gets to the heart of Mark's question, and I think this is the right way to wrap this up, which is, when would you personally move on from an idea? What would have to happen for you to move on from an idea? Well, so what I hear in Mark's question is more than moving on from an idea. It sounds like moving on from the idea of building a business at all, right. not the particular business idea. When would I move on from the idea of building a business at all? I think... Um, when you realize there are other ways to gain freedom for your family that don't necessarily have to involve like 
risking your entire future. Yeah. Um, you could be perfectly happy building a decent career in a job that you like and saving enough money so that you end up with personal freedom, like follow the Mr. Money mustache approach and save yeah. half of your income um, and get out of debt and and just go about it that way. And and there are other things to life. You can, I mean, the whole point of uh, building a business and and is to achieve something. And so if you lay those things out and you say, I want time with my family, I want freedom, I want um, to be able to travel, I want uh, to own a certain number of like physical possessions, whatever you yeah. want in life, you don't have to build a business to achieve those. I, When I looked at all of the things that I wanted, it was clear that building a lifestyle sort of focused business was the best way I could accomplish all of that. Mm -hmm. But there are people out there who have great careers and love their lives. And, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's what Mark needs to wrestle with right now. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't be said better. Steph? Yeah, I, I completely agree with what Corbett just said. I mean, I think that it does, it's not dissimilar to a decision I just made in my life, you know, joining the Fizzle team. I had a career coaching business before this, um, had some early success, but ultimately I knew what my goals were and what kind of work I wanted to work on. And really, luckily for me, I found a, the right team that I could join that would give me the kind of life I wanted and allow me to work on the kind of work that makes me so excited that I can't wait to start every day. So I think in Mark's particular situation, the real question is, what is it that you really want, Mark? You know, you mentioned you want to have the right kind of life with your family. There might be more than one way to skin that cat. And I think that, you know, keeping your eyes open to the different possibilities that are out there are huge. And, you know, I think just to add one more thing from me, one of the questions that Barrett had asked us ahead of time, and I think some of you have mentioned these a bit in scattershot, but I just kind of want to pull it together because I think it's important for people to think about. One of the questions was, what are some of the early patterns of or early patterns of habits we see from people who make fast progress? And here's what I wrote down for that. I said, they fail fast. They have a honed message. They talk to cu potential customers early and as much as possible. They're nimble, can pivot and tweak, and they even enjoy that process. So I think we've talked a lot about all of those things, but I think that when I think about, you know, there, there are faces that spring to mind for me within our community of people who just got a really fast start and were able to build awesome things from the beginning. Those people weren't afraid to take the feedback and change and they didn't take it on their self-worth. And I think that's really important mm. too, is to just yeah. remember yeah. that, you know, you have to believe with every fiber of your being that you are going to be successful one way or another. And that might mean, I mean, William Faulkner said it best. You, sometimes you have to kill your little darlings and that's what's true about business as well. So I think all those things together, are worth considering. Yeah, this is Bob again. Listen, I don't know why we're talking about killing babies, but um, is this? Am I on the right call? <laughs> no, no, Bob, Bob you're, you're on the you're, very you're, wrong you're, at the, call. you're on the next. So, you're on the next call. My thoughts on this is this are... Coca Cola? Oh God! Don't get me started. Anyways, um, <laughs> you're too easy. Anyways, what I for me personally, when I know to move on from an idea is when it's no longer the best way to achieve the goal I set out to achieve to begin with. And that kind of goes back to your point, Corbett, but me joining the Fizzle team is another perfect example, just like Steph mentioned. I was, I have been obsessed with the idea of helping people do essentially mission-oriented work, work that they believe in, work they care about, solving problems that actually matter to them, and not just being drones walking through their lives, not even caring how much 
or, or what their work means to them, not caring what they do when they show up simply so that they can get to a weekend and cruise through life that way. That pisses me off more than anything else in the world because when people don't care, when they don't engage, when they don't do work that matters to them, they're just wasted potential. They're wasting potential that could be spent on problems that actually need to be solved in the world. And that sounds terribly corny and altruistic, but my motivation is to find the very best ways to help people solve problems. And once I realized that living for Monday was not the best and fastest and most immediate way to start solving that problem better than it's currently being solved was when I knew I had to shut that down because I knew that if I joined up with Fizzle, I was going to accelerate the solution to that problem in a different way, yes, but accelerate it much more than the work that I was doing before. And so I think you have to go back to what is the motivation behind what you're doing and is building a business really the best way to achieve that? Because if not, then I think you're just looking for something else other than the actual goal, whether it's the spotlight or the glory of having built a business or whatever. And so I think it goes back to what's the intent that you're going into this thing with and what's the problem you care enough about solving. And just to like quickly take it back to the beginning of the conversation, we started out talking about the reasons people decide to start a business. And we, we mentioned money, we mentioned freedom, and we mentioned um, being able to work on something that you're passionate about. There are plenty of job opportunities out there where you can accomplish all three of those. Um, I would hope that that's what we're doing at Fizzle for all of us. Uh, we all are, you know, have the freedom to live and work and travel, and uh, we're all working on something that we care about, and we're all uh, we all have a seat at the table driving this financial train forward, trying to make all of our lives better. That's that's great if you can find that, but I'll tell you this: those jobs are competitive and they're not easy to find. And the the struggle that you face in building a business right now, trying to come up with an idea, trying to gain enough expertise to become yeah. useful enough to create something that people want, if you want one of these really coveted jobs where you are able to satisfy all of that, you're going to have the same problem, which is that you have to have some sort of expertise. You have to have some passion and drive to um, convince someone that you're the right person for that job. Mm. So either way, if you want to unlock this better life for yourself, it all starts with caring about something and gaining some sort of expertise and making yourself valuable. Make yourself valuable! (laughs) (laughs) As Jim Rohn likes to say. Hey, this is Bob again. Uh, Listen, guys, I got to jump off. So uh, I've been Bob. Thanks, Bob. I've been Chase Warbin reeves (laughs) I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Barrett Brooks. I've been Steph Crowder. And we'll see you there, or we'll see See you you on the (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, that's it. That's it from us. Uh, There you have it. Thanks to Mark for your question. We love hearing from you guys. And you can ask your question. You, listener, you can ask your question, and we'll get the answers on the air. Just head to fizzleshow.co slash ask. Or shoot us an email at guys at fizzle.co. For show notes on this episode, you're going to go to fizzleshow.co slash 123, because this is episode 123. That's where you're going to find a few articles. One of them, the Gary Vaynerchuk article on DNA. A little bit controversial, that. And uh, a link to that site that, uh, that Corbett mentioned, Mr. Money Mustache. If you haven't seen that blog before, go check it out. Go to fizzleshow.co slash one, two, three. Click on the Mr. Money Mustache link and kind of check it out. What I like to do on that site, or at least I did this once, um, I went all the way back to the very beginning of what of what he wrote there. And 
and kind of read through time and saw how his voice and how what he was saying changed. It was interesting. I liked it. So, fizzleshow.co slash 123. Listen, our goal here is to help you make progress on your business every single week. And when you leave us a review, you help us to keep at it. Do you like this show? please leave us a review on iTunes. Simply search for the show in the iTunes store and click write a review. All right, folks, it's not easy to make it as an entrepreneur. There are lots of hows and whats and problems and opportunities lost and mistakes and fear and uncertainty and stress and, 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 and. But if you got a good reason to do it, a purpose to do it, that you can't shake, a conviction, a commitment... If you've got a why, the fear and fatigue can become fuel. He who has a why to live can bear almost any how. Famous quote from Frederick Nietzsche. He who has a why to live can bear almost any how. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.